Hello, I'm Frida Morrison again. And like last time, I'm out of my own parks. This time I'm, I'm looking over the, the Dee Valley, away Aberdeenshire, it's bonny. And I'm inside my wee woody, looking at the trees I planted over 20 years ago. Mostly silver birk and a, and a lot of gelder. Oh, I like gelder roses. And there's rounds and there's pine. And it's looking bonny as well. And I'm just thinking about the changes that have happened around about here since the, the time we planted the trees. And I'm thinking as well about the changes that have, that have happened in, in this part of Deeside in Aberdeenshire since I was introducing the previous Scots Radio episode. That's nay that long ago. But as the, the writer Lewis Grassic Gibbon says in his book, The Scots Square, change that rules the earth cannot be stayed by none of the dreams of men. And that was the best conclusion of all for Chris Guthrie, the heroine of the trilogy, as she sat watching the hill of Benahy walking into the nest and watching the wee lifts going off in the croft houses are on the butter. Well, in this episode, we're going to be speaking about quite a few changes, maybe coming round the corner. Changes with the introduction of our Scottish Languages Bill, what will that mean for Scots speakers? And changes with the appointment of the new Scots Screever, a Doric Screever. So, come on with me up the park, and I'll introduce my guest to you. It's going to be another busy programme. And as we walk, enjoy the music for Alistair Savage, for his new album, Tunes for the River. This is Alistair playing at a concert in, in Glasgow's Owl Fruit Market. Beginning we, the Piper's Welcome. Come on.
Also Savage for his new album, Tunes for the River. Beautiful fiddle and pipes combination. We, of course, some beautiful original melodies and a great lineup of guests. And let me introduce my guests in Aberdeen, the new Scott Screever, Shane Strachan. Welcome, Shane. Fiddle-like, oh, fine to hear you. Fine to hear you, Shane. And then our Embra studio, Emmy Main, representing the young Scots group. Welcome, Emmy. Morning, how you doing? Oh, I'm just fine. I'm hope is, is Richie being good to you? Absolutely, I <laughs> half a good. Do my best. Oh, oh right, <laughs> good. And also in our studio in Edinburgh, the one and only, the legend that is Donald Smith, director of the International Storytelling Festival. Welcome, Donald. All good. All good. All good. All good. <laughs> Intranent ethnologist, folklorist, musician Steve Byrne. Hello, Steve. Aye, aye, Frida, if it like. Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine, I think. Trying to work out technology as usual. And of course, our master of the switches and sliders, who's soon softer and techie wizard. Come in, Mr. <laughs> Richard Werner. Oh, no, who's he? <laughs> oh, How we doing? he's here. <laughs> okay, you doing up, you fine? Only changes with you? Ah, we're grand. We're gr- I got my crab apple made. And uh, actually, uh, f- forward from Grow Radio episode 18, where I was talking about cymbal stands and hanging your Geely bag off them and all that, I actually found out I've got a thing which is cool. It's a wee trestle you build up and it's got a wee Geely bag and boom, I've made eight jars just like that. So I'm well happy. <laughs> right, we begin with the new Scott Screever, split newing, a split new Screever. Otherwise Kent is the new Doric Screever, appointed to the post by the National Library of Scotland and Creative Scotland. Congratulations on your appointment, Shane. Now, doing to business, I've called you the new Doric Screever. Tell us about yourself before we can go any further. Far you fit you in? Far I'm fit I'm doing. So, I'm originally for the Broch and Peter Heed. I was brought up mainly in the Broch, but was in Peter Heed every weekend to my dad's family. So, I suppose I speak Fisher Doric in some, some ways, and that's kind of the traditions and the, the folk I've, I've come for. So, I've, I've been speaking Doric all my life, but I didn't start screaming in it until I went to university and read Alexa Grassic Gibbon and Kelman and got really inspired to to start writing in it because when I was younger, that's when I kind of noticed a kind of che- decline, decline in the fishing industry, but also as folks started speaking to their parents younger than me in English, started talking to them, trying to get them to stop speaking Doric, it just at that point in the kind of late 90s, early 90s in a broken period. Mm-hmm. So that kind of affected me in th- thinking there was a loss and a change happening. And that's what kind of inspired me to to write about the story. So I kind of saw when I was growing up in, in kind of fit, made the broch and fishing tunes like that a bit different for the rest oh, of Scotland yeah. and RYL. So, oh, so that's, that's what I've kind of been really focused on in my, my writing career. And Fitz kind of led me to, to keep going with it and thankfully led to you know this kind of renaissance again of Scots in the last while I've been really lucky to come along at this time and to be part of this bigger movement there is a renaissance you can as I've been saying but Shane tell us about your focus for this appointment uh, let's get stuck into that aye so one of the things that I pitched today is to look at the ballad so Anna Gordon Brune so otherwise Kent is Mrs Brown of Falkland because she made it somebody for Fife and moved it away from Al Aberdeen, but she, she heard ballads and retained them. Finch a bit at Al Aberdeen in the 
kind of late 18th century and obviously a lot of them ended up in the likes of Walter Scott's Minstrelsy and all that kind of stuff so so there's a couple of manuscripts at the National Library of Scotland and I want I want to use them as a starting point to to inspire contemporary stories that have a fusion of kind of balladry why you're kind of keeping things taut and objective and nay that sentimental it's just this kind of writing I like in terms of when I'm writing short stories so that's that's my starting point but I'm I'm hearing a right fine hake through other, other archives seeing what else I've got that's in oh, northeast Scots and sit a treasures of it Ken Steve has a deep interest in language and ballad and song fit advice would you give to Shane regarding the ballad and song Steve well, here's an interesting thing. Her man, the Reverend Andrew Brun, is actually buried here in Trinent. That's where yep. they ended up uh, to the end, uh, the end of their life. So, uh, wow. I she's trod these streets doing about here and ah. Well, I hear a great pal in Germany. You've maybe come across her already, Shane. Her, her name's uh, Secret. Doctor Secret Rewards, of course. Uh, she's written a, an half a fine book, about Anna Brun's ballads and songs, and and the mere modernines you'll likely can yourself up at the Elphinstone. You can get ahead of things like the Greg Duncan folk song collection. Mm-hmm. That'll hey, mere recent incarnations with some of the ballads and, and I find that half interesting coming down for her time and the manuscripts and I think the way that's come through kind of the oral tradition and things that uh, you can still trace some of the songs and then of course if you want to hear folks singing them I've I've gone on about it plenty of times in this programme is, is the Kiss the Riches Tober and Dulkis it would be a, a great resource to hear look at if you're wanting to hear oh, more modern tax on, mm-hmm. on the same ballads Aye, I Thank think you. you'd hear yeah. Shane it's all very well speaking about it, but fit about hearing it. Can you give us a, a, a wee snippet of some of your writing? I, I can, I'll read a poem that I wrote, uh, I think, a couple of years ago that was inspired by an artwork at ARI in Aberdeen, the hospital. And it's also inspired by when I was younger, my grandma and granda owned a pub in Peterhead, so it's got a mix of kind of my memories. So helping Dick Dash raise when I was about eight years old. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> this is called Snug Bar. Blinger on a cobble corner for Jim James and Virginia Street meet. We met here the clink of glace, a smoker's rasp, the saft scuff o' ashtrays dicted clean, the wine of the foamy glace washing machine as its coarse bristles furl brick green. Listen for poon coins rattling doon the bandit as barmaids shout through the cellar hatch, the tell pings stop it foo. Hear the repeated whack o' darts puncturing holes ower the wa, the rhinal spluttering waterfall, the man is mumbling at the bar. Och, newer's only revving cars and a scurry's lonely ca, ca. I been this empty car park far, the snug bar ain't stood. As void atween funsy flats for folk hide inside, deaf to the last order's bell chime, and the drink up! It's ham time. Oh, Shane, Ken, I was just really enjoying that, and it just came to an end far too quickly. Well, that was so amazing. By the way, I'm needing more for you later on. Okay. <laughs> I love that. No worries. Oh, I love that. Smashing. I just found it. Wait, we were speaking about you know, the ballad singers, the uh, favourite ballad singers earlier on, and here's one of my favourite ballad singers. Well, both of them, in fact. This is Fiona Hunter singing with the band Malinky for the album Hansel. Malinky, of course, includes a much spoken about and talented Steve Byrne, you know, our guest this episode. And Fiona and Steve singing, Be Gone, Bonnie Laddie. I sat low and the moon shone high, looking for my bonnie love to pass me by, looking for my bonnie love, but what come by, 
and my bonnie laddie ne'er look at me hear me But to tie him again I'll deck my hair And tie it up with a green ribbon spell And bask it see bro with a mickle tear Though he says he'll never make me hear me Oh it's I am a wadi, my laddie's bedside I am a wadi to be my laddie's guide I am a wadi, my laddie's bedside Though his father and mother be angry Oh, at my bedside, my lassie, all no set At my bedside, my lassie, all no set For I could choose the guide and a far better fit So be gone, lassie, walk here's foggy Well, you met the good daddy, my love You met the good at seven You met the good daddy, nine, ten, and eleven A phone good another that will mark up the dust be gone, bonnie laddie, for a care now. Oh, come back, my bonnie lassie, then a gang a walk. Come back, my bonnie lassie, then a gang a walk. Or else, my very head, it will I was only in the chest for the try Well, if you were in the chest, my laddie, I was in me So lang, lang, my bonnie laddie, may I lie a lane I lang, lang, my bonnie laddie, may I lie a lane And think upon the bonnie last and blue For the trees, they are high, my love, the leaves, they are green The years are passing by, my love, the cheer and I have seen a long winter's night when you hit the lie lane Ach, you'll wait long before I'll come and see Ay, the trees, they are high, my love, the leaves are fun Though I be forsaken and they are worth for all As long as there's another bonnie laddie to be won The gone bonnie laddie for a kerna the Gone Bonnie Laddie sung by Fiona Hunter and Steve Byrne and the band Malinky. That's for the album Hansel. Now, we've been celebrating the huge treasure trove of Scott's stories over the last few months. This being the year of stories. And it gives me great delight to welcome you know, our favourite folk and the many that has supported Scott's radio our all the years and money different wise. Welcome the director of the Scottish International Storytelling Festival, Donald Smith, come in. Morning, Frida, morning. Morning. See, I gave this great big build-up and you're kind of so well, well-behaved, well Donald, was the word I was It's not like you. It's not like you. Donald, there's just an awful lot of catching up today and an awful lot of topics I'd like to speak about. But we need to focus on the plans for the Scottish International Storytelling Festival. This year's title, Keep It Lit. Okay, let's begin because this is the biggest scene you've ever had, isn't it? I say it's today with the the year of stories, as as you said yourself. But as we'll, I think, keep it lit. Uh, there's hard times ahead for lots mm-hmm. of folk. Mm-hmm. I feel there's a need for the tradition to bring people together, ruin the fire if we can still hear a fire, and <laughs> let the stories and the songs flow, and and just keep our hearts up through through a long winter ahead. 
No, as I said, it's a big, big program. The market's simple for folk to understand that you've got a, a really great idea of categorizing things for inside events, outside events, online events. So how can folk find out more? Well, to gang on the Storytelling Centre website, you get all the events and you can search for your own area. There's lots of things happening in the northeast. Uh, go local. That's the, the the strand. It's name it for. Aye, it's it's easy to find through the whole program. There's a strang flow of Scots. Strang flow of Scots speaking. Don's in the the local happenings and in the rain parts and also at the the storytelling centre with the world lead event for for young Scots speaking up for their tongue in sang and story. Mm. And uh, for by a muckle uh, focus on the Norse side of Scotland, mm. free the language and the, the history and the, the stories, say I'm involved in that myself, Soot and Blood, we're looking at that strang side of Scotland and looking at it through the prism of Scots language for old Norse, uh, you can. <laughs> but in truth, Scots, it's a, a sooth good way to come at the Norse side. <laughs> and uh, we hear the sagas and the folk tales and some of the, the myths, which I hate to say are ricked, bloody and Goody. brutal and... Full of sex and oh, <laughs> oh, desperate stuff. I can't, oh. I can't talk. I, I can't really say any more in a family show like this. But uh, you know, but <laughs> strange, strange to say, the same Norse stories are half to put out as for bairns, oh. but they're nay. When you tack the Scots to them, it brings them to foo foo ver. Foo in the face. <laughs> it's Kenneth, but you've got an actual moment in, in that agenda as well, outlining Fit Max, a good storyteller as well. Tell us a wee bit about that. Fit Max, a good storyteller. Well, I think uh, folk here to be rooted in the rain experience and they had to be good at listening to other folk and gathering in a sense of what makes for the, the common wheel, the common hope, the the common dread, are they things? At the end of the day, the storyteller has to give the story back to the folk, and it's the folk that bring it to leaf. It's nay some he distant ert it is the people's ert it's the people's lore i think for this uh, year of scotland stories we we had tried to to really make that clear bring in free all the erts and the folk who hear the stories who can the 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 ways of life and what's going on new in scotland what's going on in the past it'll make for a good a good feast <laughs> for all. It the is day. a feast, you know. I'll I'll, do, I'll repeat this at the end of the program as well. The details how folk can get there. It's on through the fourteenth to the thirty first of October, and that's a I know that's, that's a big bite of, a time to get stuck into this. It's a it's just a fabulous program, and I thoroughly recommend it. Just just to say, Frida, one uh, muckle pint <laughs> in both senses. Many of the events are free. 
Money of the events That's an are important free. bit, aye. And the prices for events that pay a, a ticket to it are low. See, that's very important that nobody can be prevented free attack and pert in the storytelling festival for, for lack of siller. And you're talking about the traditions and the heritage. Of course, I noticed that Jess Smith is featured uh, in our own our own uh, session in the Storytelling Centre. Speaking about uh, Sheila Stewart, which, what a lovely moment that will be. I, I see it's, it's linking the, the past, the, the tradition bearers with the storytellers new, and we have Aye. film it, about 25 old storytellers work in the day for the event and to pass on as a legacy for the young storytellers that are coming up, that are in our festival, and they'll be carrying it forward. That's what I noticed the, the most is the amount of youngins and the newings coming on. How did you how did you gather them about? Did ah, you just yes, yes, you phone them up and say, do you want to do it? You, no, you kind of keep them doing. You kind of keep them doing. Ken, that's how you're right. You just kind of keep them doing. I can't feel it, Donald. Can't feel but it's a fabulous programme. And can I just give you information and focus on, well, how do we get uh, in contact here? As I said, you can participate in this festival online as well. You don't need to go anywhere. You just can enjoy yourself. Oh, of course, you've got the hearth stories, you know, the, the hearth fire stories. And they're at the heart of the very thing, the heart of our tradition that we, we love telling stories in, in, in Scotland. But here is the information that you're all waiting for. It's www.sisf, Scottish International Storytelling Festival.org.uk. I'll say that again. www.sisf.org.uk. And it's on for the 14th to the 31st of October. And this is a classic. Donald, do you want to add anything else? Have I missed anything out? No, no. You've didn't wheel. <laughs> the young Scots are biding in here, just just drinking it in, you know. I know, the young Scots are with us as well. It's just a pleasure. We were talking, with, Donald was with us right at the very start, Steve, remember, 10 mm. years ago when we started Scots Radio. And I was saying that I go to Donald as my sort of um, oracle, my druid oracle. And he came in and he said, aye, the druid druid. It's <laughs> 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 a great handle, the druid druid. But 10 years ago, Donald, it, it's just been a pleasure hearing you. And please, didn't I go far away again? Hopefully, look forward to, to hearing you back, speaking about other things. And because I want to catch up in your new book about Gerdin stories as well. Dave Mitchell keeps speaking about that, saying, well, we need to get Donald in. Um because we can, you've written a brilliant book on Gerdon stories, and we need to feature that in the programme quite soon. Donald, can you have to go a while? Hod for it. busy man, I know. Hod for uh, it. Hod for it, and uh, keep it to the call and bide safe. Bye, the new Donald. Thank you. Thank you. Now, the next topic. The Scottish Government has announced its intention to bring forward a Scottish Languages Bill that would look at the promotion and the heating up Oh, Gaelic and Scots. And added to that, the Scottish Government has launched a consultation process with an invitation to vote to register the thoughts and aspirations for the future of the languages. So, the Scottish Government wants to hear your thoughts. Now, our guest, Emmy Main, is part of our Young Scots group that's been discussing this very subject. And Emmy, tell us first about the, the Young Scots group. 
Aye, so we've had a group of 20 young folk from across Scotland that are both Gaelic and Scots speakers. I've mainly been working with the Scots speakers as a Doric speaker myself. And they've been working to speak about their experiences of growing up using the languages or interacting with their family, with their pals, and thinking about the ideas that they'd like to see happen in the future to promote the languages, to get the languages out there, and to make sure that there's more folk recognising that they speak Scots and making sure that Scots is heard in mere spaces. Well done, you. Right. Set the scene, Emmy. Fit has your group come up with these the main comments for the consultation document that you've come up with. Fears, hopes and aspirations. For the young folk that I've been working with, the main thing that they want to see is just Scots in mere spaces than fit there is I knew. They want to see mere educational resources made in Scots. They want there to be mere Scots in broadcast and on the TV. They want to be able to hear themselves forever, mm-hmm. came forever they're at in their lives. So whether that be online on TikTok, you can you see a lot of new new media like TikTok and other social media for Scots speakers are getting a place and they're they've got the opportunity to 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 get the language out there. Mm-hmm. But the group want to see more of that. As well as that, they're also looking for things like legislation to change. So whether that be through a Scottish languages bill, a Scots language act, if that was something that was to come in, the young folk just really want to make sure that the government are putting some in this and, and really pledging their interest in Dean Mayor for Scots and protecting the language because it really deserves it. Everybody on this call and everybody that's listening will agree that can Scots is a language that there needs to be more protection for it and there needs to be more of it in everyday life. And there's hopes and uh, there's there's a lot of work to be done. Again, we're just at the crossroads, so to speak. Mm. And there's a lot to be done, but a lot has been done. Now, Steve... You've been listening to this and you've mm-hmm. read the consultation document. Give your thoughts. Well, I think we're here to acknowledge that where we are now, you can, I mean, we wouldn't have been having this conversation maybe 15 years ago. I think the consultation document itself, it's a funny kind of beast altogether. I mean, it's good that both Gaelic and Scots and references to other community languages is in there. There's obviously a bit of an imbalance in terms of Gaelic's a good bit further along the road. So the consultation itself is a bit more detailed in terms of looking for kind of things that, that Gaelic speakers want to see happening with their own tongue. In terms of the Scots stuff, I mean, we were speaking about this the other day, and I, can I just say I'm maybe a wee bit disappointed in the way that it's it's been put across. I think it's a wee bit of kind of woolly, maybe. Mm-hmm. It's maybe needs to zoom out a wee bit and look at the wider picture of Scots, not just in terms of societal use of the language, but mere things to do with the mechanics of the language, talking about registers, you can, different ways and, and places that we can use, everyday Scots or formal written Scots, that kind of thing. There's the inevitable ongoing blether about the spelling that I've I spoken about. I think there should be some kind of learner's register of Scots that has agreed spellings and, and then folk and, and artistic folk and creators can do their own thing after that. To be honest, the, the, the handful of questions which aren't very specific and didn't give folk ah, that muckle room to kind of put in a lot of detail. So it might be difficult for them to process some of the responses to the, the consultation on Scots in particular, if I'm, if I'm honest with you. Does it worry you that uh, no mention has been made of the, the, the regional dialects or just a, a, a conclusion that there, that there is a thing as regional dialects? I think particular? that's what I'm, what I'm on about, to be honest with you, is, is this idea more about the sort of linguistic mechanics. It doesn't have to be in great detail or anything at university level, but some kind of acknowledgement of the structure and the, the, the kind of framework that Scots operates in, you can... 
as you say, the, the dialects and, and, and respecting the fact that there's the, the different kind of linguistic areas and that continuum of Scots that, that folks speak mere and some folks speak less and all that kind of thing. A bit more of that for me has to be put in a consultation document, has to be put in a bit more detail for folk to actually understand it because the likes of ourselves that have been working with Scots for a long time, we kind of ken were ingins, so to speak. We would ken mm-hmm. the kind of things to put down there. But if you're coming to this as somebody that maybe doesn't hey, the longer experience of working in a kind of linguistic setting or, or analysing or, or, you know, what I've done with the language learning apps, with the dictionaries and having to sit and look at the grammar and anything like that, it can be daunting to try and respond to it. And so I'm a wee bit worried that we wouldn't get the, the, the level of detail that we need to secure the way for it for the language. And I think that's a, a difficult thing. So I'm going to go back to Amy in a minute, but next step on would be maybe the, the, the conclusion that we need a Scots language board, like they have a board in the Gaelic. How would that work? I mean, if you have look into the future for us, Steve, how would that work? We are the, the tribes run about. Will, mm. the, will there be a meeting of the tribes or is there just going to be a, something that will be operated for a central station somewhere in Scotland? Aye. I think the thing that isn't clear, I mean, there isn't a really specific mention per se in the, in the consultation that I can see in terms of we're thinking about maybe having a Scots language board or an equivalent of board in the Gaelic. I'm, I've not seen that in the in the consultation. I'll maybe hear going back and check that. But no, I don't think it's mentioned. But I think Aye. if you've got, if you follow the logical step by step, maybe that would be the the next step to think about that happening. If it, mm. it would stand to reason if you have that in Gaelic, it and folk are going to say, "Well, Farzurin in Scots." Aye, indeed, and I, I would advocate for it. I think it would be a useful thing. However, you hate to think what would it do. And I think those, you know, the issues with that money, good groups that are working together with Scots and our sorts of erts and perts and different kind of specialisms and that kind of thing, it would hate to hear a specific remit and be clear what it's doing so that it's nae gain our uh, kind of old grund or doing things that other organisations already do. But I think at this stage in the Scots lead development and discussions, I think there's sense in hearing a kind of neutral body, could I say, in terms of tacking for it some of the mere policy and kind of legalistic frameworks of things. So, for example, what Board Gaelic has today is there are Gaelic language plans for public bodies that hate to be implemented and reviewed and approved by Board Gaelic and the ministers. So I'm not sure that we would get to a, a similar stage with Scots, to be honest with you, until we sort out some of the linguistic framework that I was mentioning before. Aye, it would hate to be something along the lines that's quite distinct for what other organisations is doing in the new. It would be fair to say, I'm going to bring Emmy in, it be fair to say, Emmy, that uh, there's a lot more being done in education than anywhere else in the Scots language. There's, there's a, a, a very vibrant scene going on with the development of uh, new books for schools, new courses. But is that perhaps something that is diverting attention to the, the wider picture? Maybe. I think it's a. I think it's a good start because if I think back to when I was at the school, Kane, it, it, it really isn't that long ago since I was at the school. It was. It was never something that was that was encouraged. Kane, Kane Abdi's always got the stories of being told to to speak proper when they're at school and to and can nobody ever understand you if you speak like that. Ah, that kind of stuff. So I think that. If I'd been at the school and had the option to to do some of my work in Scots to be able to actually use my Doric in an education setting, 
I think that would have helped. Can there's there's loads of there's loads of evidence to show that the Burns that are ticking up things like the Scots Language Award at the school are are doing better in other areas of the curriculum. So I think that's a really good start. But as I said before, and as the young folk have said in my group, it's never can we never get here real progress until we're seeing that reflected in other areas mm-hmm. of society. And obviously it is really good because if it means that we're encouraging young folk to, to keep speaking Doric, to keep speaking Scots, to, to hud on to their mother tongue, then that's a magic start. But as I say, it needs to be in workplaces, it needs to be in broadcasting, it needs to be in legislation, That it, it just needs to be in all these other spaces afore we 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 get to the, the, the point that we're trying to get to, I think. I think that's a good start, but there's obviously more that can be done. I mean, we're, we're, we're there with, with Scots Radio, we're in broadcasting, we raise the profile, or why? We'll let folk hear us speaking naturally, as we're doing just now, mm. in Scots. And it's it's obvious that we need more of that going on so that folk can hear it. It's no point in hearing a language if folk can't hear it. So fits fits the, the why forward for, for broadcasting, you think? I think just making sure that is there's as many opportunities as possible for new and grassroots voices to come through. Can my my particular interest is young folk with my job, so making sure that young voices have got the opportunity to come through. And as I said before, they're they're using things like TikTok and social media and other other platforms to to get the language out there. So making sure that there's opportunities for them to to work with, with, with folk like yourselves and like other Scots broadcasters to make it relevant to young folk and to get the profile out there. I think I think that's the key. Aye. Right. Steve, do you want to come in on that? I would echo what, what Emmy's saying. I think mere formal use of the language is is, is important in our kin and broadcasting's part of that. I think it's it's any of the things that it's we're no sure till we try it out and we hate to find what other opportunities there is and maybe a bit more formalised you know the kind of things that you hear in passing almost you can what I mean when you hear you can mm-hmm. off the ball or that on, on Radio Scotland there's a fair bit of Scots we Tam and Stuart and that mm-hmm. but it's thinking well, broadcasters hate to actually sit down and say right we're going to hear a programme in Scots about mm-hmm. whatever and we've I said ourselves you can it's a programme in Scots speaking about other things it's not a programme in Scots speaking about Scots mm-hmm. so I think a bit more of that normalisation but it's a thing we've been going on about for, for years and years I mind sitting in, in a cross party group in the in the parliament there hearing some of the same arguments about about getting into the mainstream and we're still kind of no further for it apart from you know ourselves I don't think there's anything else that I can point to that would be that would be really worth kind of remarking upon at the minute Looking at you know realistic aspirations with there's near enough a lot of money to do new things and create new organisations. So we're going to hate to work with it we've got, basically. That's my interpretation of it, I think it is. But fit we've got, is it enough? Have we got the tools to to move forward or amalgamate even? Steve, again. Well, you know the, the things about the, the Gaelic language plans, which folk get their knickers in a twist about uh, with erroneous information, I must say, Folk used to think that, or maybe still did think on social media, that there's millions and millions of pounds spent on, on Gaelic signage and, and use of Gaelic in public documents and all that kind of thing. It isn't true. I was at Edinburgh Council at the time in the consultation for the Gaelic Language Act in 2003, just before the Act came in in 2005. And a lot of the things that was deemed and was suggested was actually low or no, as well, nay cost measures that folk could, could take in terms of just actually 
taking a decision to, to use the language in mm-hmm. some form or other in their formal uh, dayings. So it wasn't a, a case of spending a lot of money on things. So even some sort of impetus along their lines, I think, would be important to just give folk a sense of kind of it's been taken seriously by organisations, maybe public bodies. I just think it's it's mere getting folk to to use the language and to understand it and to get the status and parity of esteem was a a phrase that was put into the documentation parity about, of esteem, the, I like about that, the Gaelic yeah. language act and I would say the same for Scots and it's been used now and again by government too, but I think it's it's a bit of sort of chicken and egg cart before the horse kind of thing. What do you do if you didn't hear folk feeling confident in who to spell things, who to kind of arrange the language and that kind of thing so there's a bit of a bit of a thing that we hit a day and then actually give out the confidence to to going for it and use it so a bit more of that framework I think maybe some Mm -hmm. sort of language kind of body that's able to give good advice on them that doesn't just default to we'll spell it whatever way you like there has to be I mean you can see that some of the documentation for the Scottish government you can actually read the consultation in in a form of Scots that they've decided to use and akin at the the parliament I was there the other week doing a bit of training in in the history of Scots and Scots sang for the folk that writes the official report and they've adopted a particular form of Scots and spellings and kind of formal yes of the, the lead there so there must be ways to agree that and give folk a kind of style sheet and say, here, here's this scene if you didn't hear already. But I think that's for a lot of folk have fears about being, nay dictated to, but folk, somebody somewhere in Scotland or, a, or an organisation said, this is what we're going to use and this is going to be the stylized version. Now, we've got three Doric speakers on this programme. This is a historic moment. Three Doric <laughs> speakers. Shane. How would you feel about that if there was a conclusion that there is going to be a standardised wire spell in Scots and that's what is going to be used? I think that time has been the tension around this and it's it's been ongoing for centuries, as discussion around the Scots orthography. It's the elephant in the room, isn't it? Kind of just... And I think it's about, I guess, if we learn from what happened with Gaelic, as far as I understand, there was a lot of tension around standardisation and maybe some of the kind of regional differences being forgotten about or overlooked. So I think there is definitely fears, even if it we've learnt for that. But I think, I guess for me, it would be about, I'd say, regional standards, if that makes sense. So for folk, right. like Steve's saying, for learners, um, I think it's something that is happening with the Elephants Institute in terms of the Scots Language Award that they do around using like a Doric standard to get folk into it and then showing them that writers and you know, speakers hear a lot of variation. That's why I'm, I love the oral tradition, looking at it, because the variation is, if it marks it special, and, but obviously then there's a standard, maybe ballad that gets printed that folk can, that's seen as like the definitive why. So, but I, I can't, it, it's, it's really difficult, but I think it, I, folk would be put out if, if it's a centralised kind of Scots version or this is fit Scots is. So I, I think that I always came, we have to be sensitive to that, but it's kind of that, Walking on eggshells thing that's gone on probably it is an eggshell thing and but it's one of the things Frida we hate to start grasping the thistle you can we hate it and Shane's right we might have fower standards you can we might have for the fower dialect regions there might be a Northern Isles scene there might be a Doric scene right. there might be a Absolutely. Central Scots scene and a Southern Scots scene I mean we hate to we hate to start doing things because that's the way the world's gain I'm afraid that, that folk can mm-hmm. wants to learn the, the language and there has to be roads in for them and 
thinking about it when I was working on the thing for the Harriet Watt project, folk coming in thinking, Jings, there's a right way and a wrong way to learn a language. And mm-hmm. my my wee lassie, she's seven, and she gets up ticked if, if something's no spelt right. You can what I mean? It, it's just mm-hmm. that, that way that folk hate to, to learn languages at a level and then they can gang on and and adapt and learn the same way that i learned german i learned a standard of german but then went on and learned austrian dialect and kind of eastern german dialect now that kind of thing mm-hmm. and you know you, you learn that as you get more advanced in in an a version of a language so i think we hate to think a bit more traditionally about language learning for scots in terms of securing uh, the future of the language okay? and I don't I think there's plenty creative folk out there and plenty folk that would make a bit of a stushy again there was anything rock going on with what we were doing but we hate to start grasping the thistle and stop kind of worrying our much about every single sensitivity that's out there I think we hate to start making a start and getting on with it I agree entirely um Right, I'm going to come back to this subject because we're just beginning to kind of, I say scratch a subject, but getting there somewhere. Right, Mayor Music featuring Nina my eight our-time favourite fiddlers, Alistair Fraser, accompanied by Paul Machlis. This is their epic album, starting with the title track, Fader Album. This is Skydance.
Alistair Fraser and Paul Machris for that epic album Skydance. You're listening to Scots Radio, I'm Frieda Morrison, and with me is the new Scots Screever, or Doric Screever, Shane Strachan, Emmy Main through the Young Scots Group, and ethnologist Steve Byrne. And in the wheelhouse, we'll soon start our Richie Werner. Aye, aye, what's happening? Uh, you're listening to this, oh my gosh, which is deep and meaningful, and we are getting somewhere, I think. This is a lovely conversation, so we're going to keep going. And for the music, we were speaking about the Scottish Government's new consultative document regarding the future of Gaelic and Scots, proposing to bring forth a Scottish Languages Bill. Now, we were in the midst of trying to work out fit we would like to hear in that bill, fit changes we would like to mark, and full Scots could be formally acknowledged. Now, Shane, again, you've been listening to the, the first bit of the discussion and the second bit of the discussion, you've just newly appointed to this post as the, the, the National Screever or the Doric Screever, as we can it, Fit, would you like to put in your replies to the consultative document? It was funny, Steve was saying about, you know, things that cost as much as folk think. And I think uh, I would actually say we should spend more money <laughs> on things. So I guess, for, I mean, I, I work in that fort in arts for a few years and try to you know, put learning resources and things, visual arts as well as at Scots. And I think something that's often overlooked is these things, amazing resources are created by folk. And then they're forgotten about, or the websites, domains run out, and, and that kind of stuff. So sustainability is really important. Mm-hmm. And money towards branding and marketing, because young folk want to be interested in something that looks all and fushty. The one right. thing that looks absolutely right. good sleek. So right. outside of what's important in that, and I think a lot of folk, even us ourselves at our side, we often forget from our pen and funding bids to put money towards that kind of thing. But actually... It almost needs a bit of hand holding, maybe for kind of promotion side and hearing a bit more support for folk that came for their team, that kind of stuff like social media marketing and that kind of thing. Because I always get a bit lost with that myself. But outside of it, because I think it's been gone on with Scott's Hoose and Doric Film Festival and all that, a lot of the, the marketing is actually the hard work of the folk running those things mm-hmm. to get the word out themselves. <laughs> so, and it's after a lot of pressure on, you know, a few folk rather than, and I think we need kind of more infrastructure and support around it to take the pressure off. It is absolutely essential. Absolutely. I like that, uh, Shane. Okay, Emmy, your comments, fit would you like to be putting in there? You mentioned them right at the beginning, but personally, fit fits your, your thoughts you would like to hear in there. I think my whole thing, for coming for Young Scott, being a co-design officer and working with a group of young folk is just making sure that that, that going forward there's more opportunities for Scott speakers to directly feed into it. So that comment about making sure that can on him that's created for young folk is actually going to suit young folk, is actually get a beef that they want. That's what we've been doing in, in, in the group that I've been running is making sure that young folk have got their opportunity to not only hear their voices heard, but then to hear acted on and ah, that's the whole main thing. Is that Abdi saying that there's been conversations like asking them for years and years and years. And that's fine to have these great conversations, but if nothing's Dean, then it's just pointless. So my whole thing is making sure that not just young folk, but Scot speakers across this country have got an opportunity to feed into it and to give their, to give their opinions a fit. It should look like I can that often. Can it's often a case of maybe too many cooks spoil the broth and there's heaps of folk that have got their own wee bit that they want to say, but the hope is is that things would would work out in the best way for the the most amount of folk if folks have got the opportunity to feed into it. So that would be my main hang is that only decisions are made in the best interests of Scots speakers, young and all. 
That's a fantastic contribution there, Amy. My contribution, I think, would be, of course, regarding broadcasting. And I would like to see more opportunities for media students to get experience broadcasting in Scots. Now, it's all very well saying, OK, we need more radio programmes, more TV programmes in Scots, but we need the media folk that are trained, maybe, coming out of media courses to be able to make programmes in Scots. And there's no way for them to go right now. And that's something that I think needs to be sorted if we're going to move forward in developing a broadcasting source, like they have in MG Alba. You know, you look over the fence and you, you look with a wee bit of envy at MG Alba because that's what it could be like, but with a long way to go to get there. And maybe this is the first step. Right, Steve, I'll leave the last few comments to you. I think what you're saying there is absolutely important, and I can, as a as a small time broadcaster myself, can I hint to learn who to use, Scots, and I'm still making mistakes the day. Can speaking to you in this whole problem of kind of different situations that you use the the lead in terms of your code switching and formal situations mm-hmm. and try to use use languages and concepts that maybe isn't necessarily in your Scots when you're growing up in Angus and the East Coast as I did, and I've had to come back and, and basically learn loads of the language, and I'm still doing it all the time that I sit doing in front of a microphone. So, aye, mere opportunities for folk to get used to doing that kind of thing. I think we hate to be fair as well. The Scottish government tackling this seriously, and in spite of the fact I'm sure there'll be plenty gurning and grumbling for mm-hmm. particular quarters about this, and because there's folk that are essentially... Hey, a monolingual view of the world and, and nothing else matters and it has to be in, in English, otherwise it doesn't account. Well, I think this, the government coming out and saying we're, we're going to put this in some kind of statute, we're going to get some sort of official acknowledgement itself, we hate to be fair and say that's a huge step. It's a, a muckle step for it, for the for the lead, in terms of folk just feeling, you can what the government says it's in our languages here in Scotland, I'm going to use the language, I'm not going to be swear about it, I'm going to teach it to my bairns. You can, a lot of these things, I mean, we've, we've had it, the discussions in the Gaelic world as well, where folk were discouraged through education acts in the 19th century and then the kind of social pressures in the 20th century, or oh, no using the language, it's, you can, it wouldn't get folk on any further for it their lives. Well, that's a load of bunkum. We can know that multilingualism is a way for it. And the more we can date to make folk feel empowered and and comfortable in using their own tongue, then the more the better. And and a Scottish languages bill can only help that. Thank you, Steve. On behalf of Richie and myself, I do not consider you a small time broadcaster. Richie A. No way, man. No, <laughs> no way. <laughs> this boy's a heavy. You're up you're up there. Oh yeah. <laughs> up there. Right. Uh, thank you for that, Emmy and Steve and Shane. Really appreciate. And your suggestions and comments regarding the Scottish Languages Consultative document have to be in by the 17th of November. So dinner pit off. And you'll find out more information on the Scottish Government's website www.gov.gov.scots www.gov.scots So dinner pit off And that's our new theme For the next Doric Film Festival Ta-da! Dinner pit off <laughs> And thank you Steve, Emmy and Shane And to Shane, I can you'll be back with us on Scots Radio Because we're going to <laughs> I almost said deviate for now For now one was but <laughs> If we haven't flooded you Emmy or much I uh, hope you'll be back as well because we thoroughly enjoyed your company. On behalf of fine. 
And Steve A comes back. No matter how bad we are to him, he A comes back. Richie A, A comes oh, back. Aye, he loves it. He loves it here. <laughs> he loves it. Time we're close to him. Well, small time broadcasting. <laughs> small time broadcasting. What's he on about, Frida? He on about. On Honestly. About. Yeah, my dunk. Tin the wrong peels this morning. Oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> Steve, no, then I go out. I'm needing to ask you about the Dandelion Project. But before that, Shane, have you got another bit of Doric screaming before we get into the hearst? The hearst. Shane, over to you. I've just got to read a series of Doric haikus um, that I've called the Doric Duams. And Duams were my favourite words because my <laughs> mum always said I was a Wana Duam when I was younger. I often give so, a Wana Duams. Right. <laughs> <laughs> On air. <laughs> On air. So, <laughs> <laughs> so a, a, a series is inspired by Aberdeen. By the wee minty, log into my reveries, wish this city. A breeze flickers ruin all Aberdeen's cobbled streets, pink, petal, rain. Summer is here with a fight sheet to har to blanket us. Carl wave a water, the bus weeks on past us drucket rats. Rishala leaves in the gowden garden, the scurries skite. Folks squint the rain on the Carl winter street, low. Yala, sun, Than Waterfa, and Johnston Gardens we cross the brig together. The Caruso doos echo through the tunnel, ne alone new. You rush past that fast and pecking hard, ne seeing this too shall pass. Mica will glister in the darkest of granite, if you just let it. Thank you. Oh, oh shit! Can I say I was a wah? I was, I Aye. was just sitting there thinking, <laughs> this is fantastic. I love that. Thank you, Shane. As I said, Steve is, a, is about to give us an update on the Dandelion Project, but uh, I just wanted to hear your voice uh, in Doric and your your screaming before that. Steve's going to speak about the hearst, the harvest, and I was looking away for a song about harvest or hearst and. I keep coming back to this recording I did for my first album, produced by a young Doogie McLean at Butterstone Studios. So forgive the walk doing memory lane. This is for an album I did a long, long time ago. Had trouble feels a long, long time ago. I've come doing hell after since then, Shane. Emmy, it's doing hell. <laughs> this is a Northeast Hearst song called Johnny Sangster. What are the seasons of the year that we men work the rarest? The harvest is the foremost time, and yet it is the rarest. Where eyes are seen this morning, like the crater could be blither. Buckle on, where fingers, teals, and fall to hoot the scyther. For you, my Johnny, you, my Johnny, you, my Johnny Sangster. I'll trim the gavel, oh, my sheave, you're my gallant banster. A morning feast a line more cheek afford that we give order with clouds of blue tobacco reek as we set out in order. The shades are rising thick and fast and needed we will bind them. A busy group for fear they stick and scarcely look behind them. For you, my Johnny, you, my Johnny, you, my Johnny Sangster, I'll trim my gavel, oh, my sheep, you're my gallant bandster. I'll give you bands that when I slip, I'll feed them wheel and draw them. And bands that when I tie, I grip whoever will you draw them. 
Johnny Sangster, for an album I recorded quite a few years ago called Troubled Fields, and some awful happy memories attached to that recording. Doing it, Waterston Studios with Doogie and Jenny. And just a note that uh, Doogie and Jenny are going to be in a Shades of Amber festival this year, near the Amber Festival. So look out for that. It's on more information on the website, Shades of Amber, this coming year. And it's just looking at the lineup already is, is looking great. You're listening to Scotch Radio. I'm still Frida Morrison, and Richie Werner is still in the wheelhouse, guiding us through the wiggly waves. Hey! Thanks, eh? <laughs> Guests oh, include man. Shane Strachan, the new Doric Screever, and Emmy Main, the young Scots. And it was Donald Smith joined us earlier on, right. and of course we've still got Steve Byrne. And we turn again to Steve, who is ever hot on. He's got hundreds of hats. Hey, Richie, hundreds uh, of hats. That boy's got mere hats in the mad hat, I tell hats. you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Right, with his new hat on, part of the ethnology folklore team working with the Dandelion Project. I'll let Steve describe the project, then we'll get an update. Okay, just a wee recap on the project, Steve. Aye, so for about sort of the last, what would we say, nine months or thereabouts, Dandelion has been encouraging folk to sow, grow and share uh, across Scotland. There's been more than a dozen unexpected gardens in different arts and parts of Scotland, and I've been working with four of them in Leaven and Fife and Hoyk in the Borders, Falkirk and Dundee and uh, my colleagues Mary McFadgen and Gary West has been working with them and ah, there's been ah kinds of different creative folk working not just with a, a kind of growing project because it's been in collaboration with the Rural Agricultural College they've been on board as well but there's been musicians and residents and creative producers and all sorts of things in Ilka Gerden and it's just been a, a right Oh, stramash uh, was a more positive word maybe maybe a melee that's a not melee. a good Scots word but there you go oh creativity and growing and folk getting used to growing their own things uh, and uh, marking their own food for the hearst and all uh, this sort of thing and it's been ongoing until about this month September has been when most of the, the local gardens has had their, their hearst we albeit uh, one or two interruptions we uh, recent news of course but uh Aye, so we're, we're binding the stooks as we speak. Binding the stooks. So is it possible to get a wee update for how far on are you? 
Well, basically, this this month is the end of the project. Uh, Maester the Gearns was to Heather Hearst events on the 9th and 10th of September. Of course, with the, the past no Her Majesty, that, that meant that Apocalyptum was, was cancelled, so they'll be rescheduling them maybe later in the month. But Maester the Folk would have had their celebrations. I was at the, the Inn in Dundee, and there was all sorts of family things going on, and there was, you could get a, a, a soup bag of vegetables and things for the garden, and local growers and everybody was there. Folk singing songs and most of the skills would have had their Hearst events on the 9th of September using some of the things that we put together into the, the learning resources for them included that fine song Johnny Sangster and a couple other songs and things about the Hearst and the last sheaf and making Hearst knots at the beginning of September I was Hearst up in Inverness uh, for the, the second of the Dandelion Festivals up in the Northern Meeting Park and I, I was half a chuff to meet Elaine Lindsay, uh, you may be kin Elaine for something corny. Aye. Aye. She makes ah this beautiful straw work stuff and the bairns I learnt to make hearse knots and I think she must have made hunters of hearse knots over that weekend Ooh. and there was bairns going about with looking like we pluming and plu lasses with their, <laughs> their hearse knots on their lapels. It was oh, brilliant. Right. I've oh. got a hearse knot made by her I, I often wear as well. Right. Thank you, Steve. And that, ladies and gentlemen, brings us to the end of this episode. And we leave you with music for that band, for the, the island of Lewis again. A band named Tumbling Souls. Have you have you come across Tumbling Souls, Steve? No, I haven't. That's oh, me. I heard them at the Belladrum Festival a couple of years ago. And before I leave you, I meant to mention that, of course, you've got your own hearst coming for your garden, your Auslands. I was looking at them on Facebook and the other parts of uh, the, the webs. You've got Auslands apples already. Looking Aye. good, Steve. Well, my Auslands is Ardeen. It's one of the earliest staples you can get. So I was tacking them off the tree, or they were fun off the tree in the middle of August. So you can, in the middle uh-huh. of September, knew they're, they're a wah. So that's it's, it's on to well, the James Greaves now. James Greaves, I, I had an actual fact, I've got mac, I'm making apple crumble. Uh, later on in the day because I've got a huge crop of apples. And that reminds me just to mention that not only do we do Scots radio, but we also do a grow radio programme about gardening. I think it's a, it's a gardening programme with a difference, as somebody once described us. <laughs> it's with Dave Mitchell and Steve Byrne, who's our regular contributor, and of course Richie's a contributor. And we've got Claire Patterson, or Cook, that often helps us, often helps us to understand how bad we are at cooking. <laughs> We tried it ourselves Speak one episode that Claire was a one holiday. And oh my goodness! <laughs> well, we got we discovered that Richie Steve hangs his jelly bag for his his drum kit stand. You know, you just think <laughs> oh, I've improved yeah. that matter since. It's just you just think it's sign of the times. Emmy, thank you, my God. It's just uh, it's just one of those gangs of folk that they're right into our thing, I suppose. But will you come back and join us again, Amy? Aye, any time. It's been magic. Thank you so much for having me. Oh. All right, well, it's just a pleasure. And Shane, of course, you're going to be deaved with us, as I said, throughout the year. <laughs> I'll see you again soon. <laughs> okay. Right, uh, as I said, we'll leave you with that band through the island of Lewis, a band called Tumbling Souls. And we had so many requests for mere tracks for their album that we, we will indeed play another track to finish this episode. Now, this is a song called The City of Adelaide, about a sailing ship with that name, Phil Lewis, that sailed all over the globe and reached southern Australia in 60 days, as you'll hear in the words. So buckle on your dancing sheet again for Tumbling Souls. And my thanks to our guests, Emmy Main, Shane Strachan and Steve Byrne, and of course, earlier, Donald Smith. On behalf of Richie Werner and myself, Frida Morrison, join us again. Keep safe and soon and get up it off. Bye, the new... Lightning, lightning, lightning. lightning.
Black 